Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Coaches are just for athletes and executives, right? Or are they for literally everyone? Today on episode five of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Jonathan Wrights, who will join me in talking about the world of coaching, how coaches differ from therapists and mentors. We'll talk personal assessments and much more. Let's talk about coaching and how it relates to personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. So back in 2009-ish, I walked into a local coffee shop and was looking at the bulletin board where people display their event flyers. And I saw a business card that said Life Coach by a guy's name. Since I didn't know what life coaching was, but I had heard about it, I emailed him to have coffee together. Well, he told me how it was about helping people determine and achieve their life purpose and goals, giving them tools for getting unstuck and asking powerful questions. I thought to myself, I love doing those things naturally in my job and in my personal life. I wonder if that could really be a career. Then I went to a conference where there was a session on coaching 101. I signed up for the class. And when the speaker asked me or asked the class for a coaching volunteer, I raised my hand. I was selected to come on stage and be coached. Well, that coach is still my coach to this very day. And within a couple of years, I made the decision to become a coach, get certified by the International Coaching Federation a few years later, and the organization that provided the training and mentoring, and yes, coaching, to me, to where to get me where I am today, 3,500 coaching hours later, was an organization called CoachNet. My guest today is the leader of CoachNet, which is now called Fluxify, and his name is Jonathan Wrights. Here's a little bit about Jonathan. He is a uh, director of training and CEO at CoachNet Global, now Fluxify. He's an ICF accredited coach training program. He runs that in Cleveland, Ohio. He holds the master certified coach credential in the International Coaching Federation. Jonathan is the author of Coaching Hacks, Simple Strategies to Make Every Conversation More Effective. He is also the managing partner for the Harrison Assessment, which I'm sure we'll talk about today. And his coaching has been featured on World Business and Executive Coaches Summit. And he teaches at the Weatherhead School of Management Coaching Program at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. His first career was in morning radio and television, where he interviewed two presidents, so that'll be interesting, artists such as Frank Sinatra and Garth Brooks and other newsmakers. Jonathan has started seven businesses, businesses and not-for-profit organizations in his career. And uh, he lives in Cleveland, Ohio, with his wife, Joy, and daughter, Julia, and enjoys nothing more than cheering for the beloved Cleveland Indians. Well, welcome, Jonathan. Well, let's, let's just go on the record. There's a lot of name changes <laughs> happening here. Coach yes. Ed is now Fluxify. The beloved Cleveland Indians are now the beloved Cleveland Guardians. 
<laughs> so a lot of name changes it with the name changes for today but what shall we call you <laughs> you, know, you can call me jonathan you know what's well, what's the old joke but uh don't call me late for dinner that's right that's so. right well i've had the privilege uh to be in your classes and uh, you also wrote the forward to my book leading with supervision so thanks again for doing that you're welcome thanks for having me well, I saw that you had a first career in radio and television. So other than the brutal early morning uh, rising, uh, what did those years teach you, Jonathan, that our listeners might benefit from? You know, it's interesting, Paul. There, there's, a, there's two things that, that I really take away from, you know, the 20 some, just about 20 years that I spent in, in radio and television. One is that any effort or energy you put into developing your communication skills will be worthwhile. And I I would suggest there's, there's two pieces to that. One is listening is a a lost art. It's a, it's a thing that's, that's way more valuable than Mm -hmm. I think we give credit for. Uh, And then simultaneously, it's a unique skill. It's an unusual skill to be able to accurately present what's most important to you in a way that the other person understands. And I, I mean, obviously the, the broadcasting world is, is all about that. It's built on that. Um, the, the thing, the second thing though, that I didn't really appreciate until long after I was out of the, the, the radio and television business, which is the power of story. Mm. You know, all of us have a story. You know, one of the things I like doing in my coaching conversations is I like getting a sense of, hey, what story is this person telling with their decisions, with their life, with their, with their plan? What story is this person's career or work telling? And understanding how story plays out, how you, there's a moment of tension in every story. And, you know, stories we watch on television or on YouTube or on TikTok tend to resolve relatively quickly. (laughs) Life is not like that necessarily. And coaching can be a critical piece of that. So communication first and foremost. And then secondly, don't undervalue the story that your life and or work is telling. You probably coach a lot of business leaders who do you recommend to them to tell that story for their business? Like that's one of the best marketing things that you could do. Without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, you, you mentioned that, that the company I run, uh, formerly known as CoachNet, now called Fluxify, has evolved in, in, its, in its name change. And the story we realized that our students were telling on, on a regular and consistent basis, um, we realized was a slightly different one than what we thought it was in, in, in the CoachNet days. And that's actually where the name change came from hmm. is the story that we kept hearing over and over and over again, and only intensified in the, in, at, when the pandemic started, was that change was going to happen anyway. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're leading an organization, when you're working in an organization, as, as long as you're doing something where you end up talking to other people, change is going to be happening anyway. And really what coaching does, I'll be interested to hear your reaction to this. What coaching does is it helps you make us make sense of how you can leverage the change that's happening already toward purposes or outcomes that matter to you. And if you think about it, that's really what, that's a compelling story for just about everybody. 
hey, how is it that I can choose, that I can grab onto, that I can route the things that are happening in my life toward outcomes that matter to me? Hey, that's a powerful place in which to find oneself. So that's actually where the new name of the company came from because we realized that coaching skills, what they do at the core is help you take advantage of the change that's happening around you anyway, rather than fighting against it. It's, it's like surfing as opposed to swimming, trying to swim through a, through a wave. I think I learned that from you, that if a client, coaching client goes off on a story, instead of trying to yank them back into what we were talking about just a moment before, it's to explore the story. What does that mean to you? Ask a powerful question so that they really can surf it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had a mentor, a mentor tell me pretty early in my coaching career, that it really doesn't matter if I, as the coach, can't connect the dots between what the client was saying and the purpose of our conversation, the purpose of the engagement, as long as the client could connect the dots. Mm -hmm. you know, and if they can connect the dots, there's good things that happen there. So I, I, think, there's a, uh, I think there's an ongoing set of opportunities to leverage that energy because you know everything's changing all around us all the time. Let's tap into that information, that energy, and see if we can't ride that to somewhere interesting and useful along with our clients. So I think it's a pretty powerful uh, set of opportunities. So good, so good. So we're already coaching. So it's my career of choice, your career of choice. I saw in your bio, it's like what gets it's what you get gets you up in the morning Without is being able to do coaching. So Jonathan, would you re recommend a coach for literally everyone? Why or why not? I would say to you, Paul, that almost everyone is coachable by the right person. Now, am I the right person for everybody? I don't think so. Because quite honestly, I am a, um, I am a, I'm a bit of an acquired taste when it comes to some things. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I had an opportunity for a, for a large coaching conversation that I found out literally right before we record, we began to record this podcast that I didn't get. And they said, here's what we were looking for. Here's what we're seeing. This is not what we want to, uh, um, you know, this is not the, you, you're not, you're not the ideal fit for our target audience. But we'd like to hold on to your contact information. We'd like to hold on to uh, stay in, in connection with you, stay in conversation with you, because we have other things coming where we actually think you might be the right fit uh, moving forward. And I think that's a really good illustration of the coaching world, is that it's built first and foremost on relationship. And I mean, you know as well as I do. We've been around the, uh, we've been around the sun a couple of times. We've got the scars to prove it. We've got the receding hairline to prove it. Well, I have the receding hairline to prove it. That, that the, 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 the ability to make a meaningful relational connection is not spread equally with every other person. So you got to get the relationship right, first and foremost. And then uh, secondly, many, many, many clients want someone who has specific experience in their area of uh, expertise as well. The, the challenge for the coach is you have to learn to use that experience that you've got to ask better questions as opposed 
to the experience that you've got to make better, more, more uh, poignant statements. And, and, and that's just something you, you develop over time. You develop with experience. You're the escargot of coaches, right? Acquired taste. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 would prefer, I would prefer you refer to me as the sushi of coaches, but okay. still, I'm right, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Deal. So relationship chemistry, definitely first. You're seeing a trend toward people more niching in, wanting an industry type coach who has that experience yet is not a mentor. Right, right. You know, a, a mentor, what a mentor does is a mentor has a specific skill set that they look to replicate in another person. I don't do that in my coaching role. Now, I have some people that I mentor where I, I take skills that I have and I try to teach them to them and I try to draw, you know, draw out how they're going to take those skills and put them to use. But in coaching, the idea is that we're going to work together to solve a challenge that an individual has in a way that only that individual could solve the particular challenge. And what they come up with might look exactly like what I would suggest to them, but probably not. Probably not. So it's a, um, it's, it's a unique opportunity to help another person discover their unique potential. So mm -hmm. I am a firm believer, back to your original question, that everyone should work to discover their unique potential. Yes. And if a coach is the best possible way to do that, then I say, jump on it, mm -hmm. get after it. If you find another way that works well, that can also be a, a great strategy. Uh, just remember that none of us get to where we really want to be. None of us get to, to living into our full potential without the help of other people. And sometimes that help comes from coaches. Yes, and you, you've drawn a, a nice line. I remember it was in my very first coaching 101 class, the difference between coaching and mentoring. Then there was coaching and therapy. What's the difference between those two? Well, the therapy really dives into where a particular behavioral pattern came from. And there, there, there is equal parts, historical exploration, equal parts, compassion and support and equal parts, action planning for moving forward. Once you discover, Hey, where this came from and how I acquired this particular behavioral pattern, as a coach, I don't do most of that. What I do as a coach is help folks become aware of when a pattern is kicking in and make a different choice moving forward. Because quite honestly, I don't have the skill, training, or background to help somebody dive back into their childhood and discover why their, 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 their father was disappointed in them and the ongoing implications of what that ended up uh, looking like. I'm not trained to do that. I'm not equipped to do that. But I can help you discover your behavioral patterns in a specific and meaningful way. And as you become aware of them, make very different decisions moving forward. So it's, it's a, it's, it really comes down to you're addressing the same situation but you're using very, very different approaches to, to get at what's actually going on. 
So you literally could have in your life a coach, a therapist, and a mentor at the same time. I do. I do. I'll go even further. Coach, therapist, mentor, support group. I've got a group of three or four other entrepreneur types that, that, that I meet with on a regular basis. And that is that that's one third brainstorming and two thirds encouragement and support. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, uh, um, I have a pastor that helps me with spiritual development. Uh, I have an accountability partner that specifically is about, this is a, a friend of mine and I, we talk about being the best possible husbands we can be husbands and dads we can be. So that's a piece of the, of the, uh, of the life puzzle along those lines. I have two specific coaches, one who is focused on small business development. Cause I, my training school, I would consider a small business. The other who has developed on develop on sharpening my coaching skills even more directly and effectively. And then I have, I have a mentor about, you know, integrating the whole thing of life. This is a guy who's had uh, notable impact in multiple different areas of life. And I went to him and said, Hey, I'd like, can, can you teach me how to keep all of those balls in the air simultaneously? <laughs> and he went, uh, yeah, yeah, I can. So all told it's, it's, you know, team Jonathan is 11 people. Wow. And 11 people. The, the joke I make, Paul, is you think all of this happens by accident? And the, 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 the truth of it is, is no. But, <laughs> and, and, and that's the case for all of us is we all need people to have our back. Coaching is, is, is a piece of that mosaic. Mm -hmm. 11 people helpers. And so yep. if, you are, if you're listening here today and it's like, you know, I'm just wanting to put my toe in the water and get one. You've got a long way to go to get to Jonathan's 11. <laughs> well, you know, here, here's what I'd say to that, though. If you're dipping your toe in your water in, in the water and you're looking for one, uh, I, I would say to you, for me, the first one was the counselor. Where I had the legit intentional one-on-one -on -one relationship with this person. It was the counselor because mm. I have a tremendously long depression history. I have a 35-year depression history. Now, I don't hide from that. It's a, it's a part of who I am. Uh, I have my good days and my bad days. The, um, the, that was the one that came first because that was on fire for me. Mm -hmm. So my, my challenge to you, if you're listening to this would be what's on fire. And if you say nothing is say, great, what's, what, what's, the, what's the thing that deep in your gut, in your heart, in your gut, you, deep down, you know, you really want or need and who can help you with that? Find that person first. Well, oh, that's great advice. What's on fire and find the person that's going to address that issue with you. That's great. You know, on your, on your website, uh, jonathanwrites.com, there's a little shameless plug for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you talk about how vital it is for a coach to address root causes, not simply symptoms. And I, I really got that analogy to our physical health. Can you give a couple of examples how that translates to the rest of our lives? Perfect. Perfect. Now, the big idea here is that if you coach someone on the root cause, you're actually going to solve the problem. And if you really, if you really work intentionally and thoughtfully on the root cause, you're not going to have to circle back to this topic again and again and again. If you just treat the symptom, you know what's going to happen? It's going to come back. You and your client are going to be talking about that all the freaking time, if I can be that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that blunt about, about it. That's where you're going to end up 
focusing your time, energy, and effort for the duration of your engagement. As an example, I'm thinking about a, a client of mine that I will not name by name that had a specific problem with people would work on, on his team for six to eight months, and then they would ask to rotate off the team. This happened over and over and over again. And he wanted to focus on where he, how he was selecting people for the team. And we, we, we dove into that and he said, you know, I, I clearly have a problem here because I just need to choose different people so they'll stay longer and they'll be more invested in the, in, in the work of the team. This, was a, this department, I, I, think, I think it had seven or, seven or eight or nine people. So a person turning over every few months threw a wrench into how this team functioned. Sure. You know, I just need to pick differently. I just need to pick differently. <laughs> well, that was a symptom mm -hmm. because he was making really good hires and then he was treating them horribly. And finally, after, you know, we, we wrestled with this probably five or six months trying to evaluate the hiring process. And finally he said, I think I should take a, uh, I think I should take a 360. I think I should hear from some of the people around me. <laughs> and I went, that'd be great. I'll send it out today. <laughs> be because I thought maybe we, well, I have one that I like using and, and uh, we, we gathered some feedback. And fortunately it was, it was one of those situations. If you've ever sent out a 360 assessment or taken a 360 assessment in any of your, your roles, it's sometimes very easy to tell who said what about the person being assessed? <laughs> In this case, it was not because almost all of the answers were identical. Oh, that guy was <laughs> so hard to work with. He, 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 and he realized, you know what? The root cause of this turnover issue is I don't treat the people on my team very well. So I have to... The, 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 the consistent ongoing root cause of this entire process is me. I got to look in the mirror and I got to do some things differently. Um, and, and, you know, quite honestly, Paul, I really thought he was going to say, oh, this can't be true. I don't know why they're out to get me. I really thought he was going to blow it off. Uh -huh. But to his credit, he is like, oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> I need to take this really, really, really seriously. And he, um, he did, he worked, he worked on it and it, it was a long haul project. It took the better part of a year from that 360, but the people around him noticed that something different was happening and his team became a leadership potential leadership development, um, proving ground that people went on to more and better impact across the company after working on this guy's team because he knew what he was doing. He just had some rough edges. Yeah. And once he filed those off, he became a completely different guy to work with. Wow. 360s are so good. Um, it's, you know, just one of the many assessments that, that you can do. And yeah, I thought you were going to say it too, because you've probably worked with many a leader who, who blew off the feedback of their people when they got feedback. But there is, in a, in a climate of trust and coachability, 360s have such potential to open eyes 
you know, in the old uh, Johari window, right? And mm -hmm. reveal the blind spots. And then it's not, oh, no more Band-Aids. We're going to go after that. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, the, the beauty of the Johari window is the, the lovely tension between the things that I know about myself that nobody else knows and the things that everybody else knows about me that I can't see. Uh -huh. that that tension what, what if you can figure out a way to confront that regularly and consistently the tension between those two imbalances oh my gosh your 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 self-understanding is going to go through the roof and that's important because you know there, there's a whole body of research in the emotional intelligence world that says the better you understand yourself the more capable you are of understanding what other people are going through. And so as a result, you can be more empathetic. You can be more supportive. You can ask better questions. All the things that coaches do, uh, just the ceiling gets raised based on when you, how well you understand yourself and how willing you are to talk about those things. Yeah, that is so true. That The research says that self-awareness is the number one leadership trait of CEOs that make $50 million a year or more. And I thought of all the leadership traits, self-awareness is number one. Yeah, because of what you just said. Got to be able to, to see yourself in the other person's shoes and to see things in the other person that you can call out, you can support, you can encourage, or if necessary, correct or redirect, because both of those are equally valuable. Hooray for emotional intelligence. We can keep working on that every day and never get a 100% on that specific trait. Ain't that the truth? Well, we're going to head to a break. Uh, you're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can learn more about Growing Forward Services at growingforwardservices.net. And you can learn more about Jonathan and Fluxify at fluxify.net. When we come back, going to talk to Jonathan a little bit about uh, now he's become a coach of coaches through his organization. And we'll talk a little bit about group mentoring and assessments as well. We'll be right back. Join host Paul Casey every week for new episodes of his podcast, Grow Forward Today. This program is all about helping you grow on your personal leadership development journey. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader, you won't want to miss a single episode. Paul offers his wisdom and insight, as well as engages in discussions with some of the top experts in the leadership field. It's time to realize your leadership potential and get your most important priorities accomplished. Grow forward today on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. 
check out Bullseye to find out more. And subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. They always tell us trainers to welcome a group back because you had alternatives. (laughs) So thanks again for uh, rejoining us for my interview with Jonathan Wright. So Jonathan, you run a coaching organization that I have benefited from professionally myself called Fluxify, uh, formerly known as CoachNet. Why did you start CoachNet? How does it benefit the profession of coaching? It's, it's interesting. I, w- I, was, um, I did not intend to become a coach trainer. Hmm. Um, the, the, the goal, well, the original goal was to be a major league baseball player <laughs> uh, you know, when, I, when I was a kid, but uh, the whole curveball thing got in the way of that. that then the goal was to be a, uh, the host of the Today Show. Ah. Uh, I, 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 back when it was okay to say you wanted to be Matt Lauer, I wanted to be Matt Lauer. Okay. Um, the, that, that, that didn't work out for a whole bunch of different reasons, and I'm actually quite glad it, it didn't based on, based on what's happened here. But the, um, the reality of it, was that in the first 10 years of my coaching career, there were a handful of coach trainers that really invested in me, in my skill set, in what I brought to the table on a day-in, day-out basis. And I thought to myself, that seems to me to be the rare intersection of where you can really truly invest in other people and actually probably set up a meaningful business. Mm. And the, um, those two things really are what draws me to coach training is it, 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 it really is on different than coaching directly coaching itself, but just as meaningfully the, the way the, um, the way the coach training world functions is you can equip another individual with a meaningful skill set that not only changes their life, but changes lives of the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I was really drawn to that. I was, I was really inspired by that possibility. Mm-hmm. And then when I did the, um, you know, cause like you mentioned in the introduction, seven, seven different companies started, um, four different not-for-profit organizations started as well as those, those seven. Um, I can't help myself starting stuff. <laughs> and so when I did my due diligence, I realized that, you know what, this can go somewhere interesting and meaningful. And there really are great opportunities for coach training to change people's lives and function as a meaningful business. And those were the two, those are the two lenses I look through everything on. And, and so it, uh, this is the best example of those two intersecting, at least in my career. So cool that you'll, you'll touch lives that you won't even know about because it's coming through another coach that you have poured your life into. Sort of like a great succession plan where a, a leader develops another leader. I think John Maxwell likes to say the first job mm-hmm. of a leader is to develop another leader, right? Yes. Not, a, not another follower, but another leader. 
And, and the, one of the mentor coaches that, that got me started in this was a guy named Bob Logan. And he used to lean on that idea all the time. In fact, he used to say, John Maxwell stole that from me, and, <laughs> which, uh, which quite honestly, knowing Bob, it might've been true. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned earlier that part of your 11 people helpers that are on team, Jonathan, um, you're in some groups, and I know that group mentoring is also part of the coaching certification process. So why would you say people in just about any profession should add group work as part of their personal development process? Now, I would say to you that, that, that there are three different kinds of relationships. There's the uh, hierarchical relationship where you're the person higher up the hierarchy. and some of the people in that group of 11 are people where they are the master and I am the Padawan, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, uh, to, to mix in a star Wars reference. Um, thank you. Yeah. So some of the people in that group are people where, uh, I'm the, uh, the, the I'm Obi-Wan and, and they are Luke or Ray. Um, now it's those are the easy ones all of us i think can identify people in our lives where those two roles are really crystal clear the group mentor process and this this i think is for coaches in general our coaches excuse me in particular but people in general the group mentor process works because of the third kind of third category of relationship, which is peers. And the perspective you get from learning with a, an instructor, a, a, you know, that, that, that top down, that trickle down kind of uh, traditional instruction learning is one thing. The, the, the development you get from being in a group of your peers as you're all being challenged to stretch yourself, that's a completely different thing. And they complement each other really beautifully. I would suggest if you really want to meet your potential, you not only have to have mentors, you not only have to be mentoring someone or teaching someone, you also need a group of peers who are maybe not on the identical journey to you, but are on something similar so that you can share the wisdom you're acquiring, you can share the experience, you can step back and say, um, hey, this really worked for me, but I'm bummed about this or this or the other thing. Uh, that, that peer-to-peer conversation is unique and priceless. And it's a great opportunity to, to view what you're doing slightly different. Anybody starting something, anybody leading something needs that grounding that kind of perspective to make a tremendous difference in their chosen career. So, so true. So true. I, and sort of the mastermind concept too. Of, oh, we're all here to help each other grow, but we're all peers. I get, I get a privilege of uh, facilitating a local CEO group and, you know, they just want to be in the same room with each other. It's like there's this electricity that comes with hearing about each other's struggles and each mm-hmm. other's victories. And sometimes I wonder like, are, are a few of these people even get anything out of this? And the answer is yes, because they're just, you know, they're, it's really pumping them up when they leave the room, they're just jacked because they're just like, wow, I'm, I'm struggling with the same things or I'm ahead of this guy, but I'm behind this guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of in the pack. 
Yeah. You know, two things I'll throw out just to ice that cake. One is the old cliche is that leadership is a lonely job. Entrepreneurism is a lonely job. Starting a business is a lonely job. You know what? You know how it became a cliche? It's true. Yep. And anytime you can find a peer that you can relate to, even if it's only for 20 minutes a month, yep. you're going to see the challenge in front of you differently. Uh, for, for many, many years, I have had three other coach training school directors that I talk to on a regular basis. Maybe, maybe they should be on the team as well. Maybe they should be on team Jonathan as well. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's that those are very informal and, you know, I'll call them up once or twice a year. They'll call me up once or twice a year and we'll just kind of compare notes. Um, that, that really does help to, uh, to navigate or navigate through some of that, that, that kind of, kind of conversation. And then the, the second thing I would, I would throw out to you as the, uh, as the final little bit of icing on, on, on the cake is that you can, you know, what, what, what the, the, the African proverb is, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to go far, go together. Yep. That you're, you're raising your ceiling by having those people that you can talk to. And, and um, not only that, but you're also raising the ceiling of those people too. And that appeals to me. There's a generosity there that appeals to me. Yep. That, that as I do something, not only does it make life better for me, but for a bunch of other people that maybe I can't, I can or I can't see that, that that's a powerful thing. It is. And it's different from a business networking group where you're trying to give each other leads. This is raising the ceiling, giving each other yeah. that different perspective. Yeah. Another no, thing that gives us perspective is assessment tools. I'll use that little segue there. <laughs> All so right, coaches, very smoothly done. Well done, sir. <laughs> coaches will also uh, often use these with their clients. Why do coaches use them? Which ones would you recommend? All right. Let's just talk straight to coaches just for a second here, Paul. Lots of assessment tools are really good. There, there, there's a shocking number of top-notch assessment tools that have been researched, that have been validated, that, you know, and when I say validated, I mean they, they actually measure what they claim to measure. A non-validated assessment tool might measure what they say they're going to measure, but also might not. A validated tool has, means that, yeah, you actually measure what you claim to measure. And then if the, if the math behind that runs well, you can also be confident in the scoring scale that you get on a tool like that. So there, there are multiple different kinds of validity. Any assessment tool that you use, I would say to you, should be validated. And I can name some, uh, I, won't, I won't do this now, but I can name some names of tools that are validated and some tools that aren't validated, and some of those things might surprise you, which, which fit in which, which category. So there is that. The second thing is, you really do have to understand what a tool is designed to do, what an assessment tool is designed to do. And I know in my coaching practice, I have a short list of questions that come up consistently, regularly, and um, with passion, energy, and meaning behind them. 
And those questions are what I look to answer with my chosen assessment tools. So you may have a different list of questions in your coaching practice measures or, or looks to answer than I have. I work with leaders that tend to be starting something new. So I want to get a sense of I, my, the questions that assessment tools for me answer really fall into two camps. One is, what are your behavioral tendencies? And secondly, what motivates you? I don't really deal with a lot of other stuff. You know, it's not in most of the coaching I do. I don't really, it's, I'm not really invested in finding out about somebody's personality. It, it, it's, it's not an important question for, for, for what I do in, in my coaching. But if I know what their behavioral tendencies are and how that matches to what's being required of them in a situation like that, now we're cooking with gas. So anytime you take an assessment, the first thing I recommend you do is check on its background. You know, what's its validation? Secondly, what question does this assessment answer? So, you know, a couple of years ago, there were all those tests, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just point out on, we'll, we'll just, we'll start on Facebook. You know, the, the, you know, which Harry Potter which Disney princess? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which Disney princess? You know, which Disney princess are you, Paul? Do you, do you happen to remember? Didn't you know, uh, the, the, all, all of the uh, all of those kinds of questions. Now, the question you're looking to answer with a tool like that is, will this be fun? Right. Right. And and that's totally appropriate. Yep. Totally appropriate to 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 do something with that. Uh, but you can get very much, much more, more focused on your particular tool. You might decide, I want to know what my strengths are. Great. There's, there's great tools for that. Mm -hmm. You might decide, I want to understand, do my behavioral tendencies match what my job requires of me? Great. There's lots of great tools for that. You might say, what motivates me? And do I have opportunities to express that? Great. You, you might want to wrestle with, where are my skills for emotional intelligence? Great tools for that. You know, the, the more specific your question is, the better off your choice of assessment will be, the better your choice of assessment will be. So that's the first thing I would throw out to you is, you know, nail down what you want to accomplish, mm -hmm. what you want to learn. And, and then, because uh, I know you're going to ask this next, I suspect you're going to ask this next. Um, I use the Harrison assessment for behavioral tendencies mm -hmm. and a thing called motivational code to understand deep motivations, deep drivers. And both of those tools are very well validated. They're easy to take. They take 15 minutes or less. And they are the, the, the report documentation is, uh, um, written in regular people English. You don't have to have a PhD in psychology to understand what's going on there. You just have an opportunity to, um, you just have an opportunity to read the report and go, oh, you know what? I can see what to do with that. So I hope that helps. Yes. And, you are, and your gangster name is your color of your shirt and the last thing you drank. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that, then, then my gangster name is, is gray sweater, hot tea. <laughs> pretty uh, tough 
pretty yeah, tough. That's right. Don't mess with <laughs> you. You don't want none of this. Is what was all I have to say. Oh, okay. So you wrote a book called A Coaching Hacks, which I read a couple of years ago, and then I journaled the whole book because I journal books after I read them to get a second read out of them. Actually, get a third read because then I go back and review my journals. Oh, right on. Uh, six to six to twelve months later, so I feel like I've read Coaching Hacks three times. Uh, so tell me about your process for writing the book and what will the book do for a reader? Well, the, the critical thing for the, for the, for a person that might be listening to this podcast is the subtitle for the book. Mm. The co- coaching hacks is exactly what it sounds like. Um, little bite-sized tools, tricks, tools, approaches, strategies that help you accomplish something. Yeah. And in this case, what they help you accomplish is developing the people around you. So the subtitle is simple strategies to make every conversation more effective. Mm. So that, that's what you'll get out of it. And there are 45 of them in the book. And they, they range from putting on a coaching mindset to asking open-ended questions to realizing that if you're really truly going to coach, you can't coach what your client doesn't say. You know, I don't get to tell you when in my coaching role, hey, Paul, here's what you should do. <laughs> and, and here's why you should do it. And let me know when you're done. That's not coaching. That's not coaching. That's called consulting or being solicited advice. <laughs> yeah, yes. Or being a mother-in-law or, or something along those lines. You know, that, 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 that's not what coaches do. So if, if, if you were to pick up coaching hacks, you would get it's designed as a field guide. You know, the, the sections are, 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 are two to about six pages mm-hmm. around each one of these 45 ideas. And they're intended to give you a strategy you can use in the moment in a conversation, whether it's a coaching conversation or not, in order to produce a slightly different result in the conversation. So I, I think the subtitle is just as important as the actual title. Because it's those strategies to make your conversations more effective that really make the book into something interesting, I think. If, if you don't mind me saying, and, and I am a little bit biased, uh, <laughs> it's what makes, what I hope makes the book interesting and useful. Yeah, and by breaking it into 45 little chunks, it makes it even more readable, too, because it's like, okay, I can grab this one, and I'm done reading for the day. And now here's the next one. Oh, I can grab that and I can assimilate that one. Okay. I can use that even in my conversation with my spouse today. Yeah. You know, and I didn't really intend the book to be to, for you to sit down and just read the whole thing all the way through in one sitting. Yeah. That really wasn't the plan. The, The plan is that you flip back and forth, that you look at you know, a page here and there. It's a field guide. It's designed to be taken with you and to be used on an ongoing basis. I wish, uh, th- th- this, this is author's regret, author's remorse here. Uh, I wish that when we put that out, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relative, it's the standard, you know, trade paperback size. Uh, so it's, I don't know, six by nine or something like mm-hmm. that. As, as I as I look back on it, I wish we had made it pocket size, mm. you know, four by six or something like that, mm-hmm. so that it could be truly honest to goodness, a field guide. Yeah. 
Um, no, maybe someday we'll do that. You know, I've, I've been toying with, with what, with what comes next, but that's the big idea here though, is that each one of these is able to be used in the moment, in the middle of a conversation. Love it. Love it. Well, you get to do some group coaching today, Jonathan, to our listeners, what two or three thoughts to leave our listeners with on how they can grow forward in their personal leadership journey this year in 2022. Number one. All right. And if, if you really want to take this seriously, get comfortable in your chair, put your feet flat on the floor <laughs> and uh, um, deep breath. And I want you to think about, in fact, I want you to picture what your absolute ideal preferred future two, three, four, five years from now looks like. I want you to get as detailed as possible in what that picture looks like so that you can do your absolute, you've got an absolute crystal clear image in your mind about where you're going. The, the only, I should, no, I was going to, I was going to make a big broad sweeping statement. Like the only regret I have, it's not true. It's not true. The, um, (laughs) The biggest regret I have today <laughs> is, um, is that I didn't take seriously soon enough. And I didn't revisit often enough a picture of where I was going. So as you grow forward, as you think about a personal leadership journey, whether it's leading yourself, whether it's leading your team, whether it's leading your company. What's the picture? What's the destination? What's the, you know, dare I say it, what's the vision Mm -hmm. that you're aiming for? And learn from me on this. Make it as detailed as you possibly can. You'll be glad you did. And look at it frequently, right? Yeah, well, and and, that, and that's that that's a uh, um, that's the next step. Is what regular habit can you build to revisit that vision consistently and regularly? Now, I, I've I've really just developed. Well, uh, full disclosure, and, and I, I hope I don't shoot my creative, my, my credibility here with you, Paul, based on what I'm about to say <laughs> is I have coached people on this particular approach. Oh, I bet for 20 years, I have adopted this particular approach and made it my own for like 45 minutes. It, it seems like <laughs> it, 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 it's really just in the last 18, it's since the pandemic started and I always gave great lip service that, oh, I'm going to do this on the airplane. You know, when I can't, when, when my phone can't <laughs> ring. Well, it, it was until I stopped going anywhere that, you know, then the pandemic canceled all the travel, that I finally stopped and said, hey, what actually is the picture? And it's been challenging and a little bit mind-bending how much difference the picture has, how, how different the picture has become. Once I stopped and really worked at, hey, what actually is this picture? And when am I going to review it? When am I going to take action? 
and and maybe and, and this is not original to me i heard this first from a guy named Vern harnish rock robo called the rockefeller habits um breaking the that vision into six month goal segments mm -hmm. really yep. makes really makes a huge difference so yes that would be the big challenge i would put in front of you now from a coaching standpoint this is the last thing i'll, I'll throw out on this is when your coaching clients have a vision or a picture of where they're going, it activates their brain differently. And you and I as coaches become immediately more effective. Once our client has that picture in there. Yes. Head, because the, the steps become tangible mm -hmm. and we're more able to be coached. We're more able to coach them that way uh, because the steps are tangible. 100% agree. Everybody's saying no. 100%. 100%. So yeah, 100% agree. Well, super. Uh, how can our grow, grow Forward Today listeners best contact you, Jonathan? LinkedIn is always a great option. Jonathan writes R-E-I-T-Z uh, or the website uh, my, for my coaching practice, which is jonathanwrites.com. Or if you're thinking about coach training, Pluxify.net. We'd love to see you. You the man. Thanks for being a great guest today. Oh, my pleasure. Good stuff from Jonathan Wrights today. I have a few takeaways. Maybe you have some of the same ones as I did. Jonathan had 11 people helpers on Team Jonathan from coaches, mentors, therapists, accountability partners. And he said, if you're just going to get into that journey, figure out what's on fire and start there. Go after that person that's going to help you get through that fire before you add another person to your team. He also shared about getting to the root of problems, not the symptoms. You know, Band-Aids are going to fall off. We're going to be right back here in the same place if we don't go after the root problem. And sometimes a 360 or getting feedback from others are gonna make that crystal clear. And finally, his last thought on develop that five-year picture of your life as detailed as possible and review it regularly. And it's just gonna open so many more doors for you to lean into that. The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips from my guests into action in your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something, but don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until you lose their value to your life. Quick plug for my new book, Leading Through the Dark Waters of Conflict. You can go to growingforwardservices.net slash store because you're going to have a conflict. It may not be today. It'll probably be tomorrow or maybe the next day. And you've got to have some tools and add more tools to your tool belt in that area. Thank you for listening to episode five. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life. Who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 